All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live, out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John. Love that song. How is it going, everybody? Tim, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How was your weekend? It was really good. We had a great weekend. Um, it was good weather. We got some swimming in. We did some bike riding. We did some, you know, work. It's always, it was a very productive, very good weekend. It was really good. What's, well, how was your weekend, Tim? You know what? My weekend was really good, too. I was very productive, and I got a lot of stuff done, a lot of errands, a lot of stuff around my apartment, uh, looking at some new apartments. Ooh. Um, yeah, I just got a lot of stuff done, bought some stuff for myself. It was really good. What did you buy? Um, just some clothes. Um, bought a yoga mat, I, and I tried yoga yesterday for oh, the first time. Tim, where do you go to yoga? I just did it by myself, on, uh, followed along with like a YouTube video. Tim. I also don't, bought a bike rack, which I needed because I was just like taking my bike apart, apart and stuffing it in the back of the car. You should have told me I could have gave you one. Uh, I went to play it against sports. Oh, well, there you go. I know, I hope you're not creeping people out on your deck doing yoga by yourself. Listen not to my me. deck. It was in, in my kitchen. In your kitchen doing yoga by yourself? <laughs> it's good oh, for you, man. John. I'll probably do it after we're done recording. This is not trending in a good direction for you. Um, I was just going to ask you, if, how's the dating life going? But I think you answered that question already. There's, there's not much going on with the pandemic. Like People aren't really meeting a ton of new people right now. Well, especially if they walk into your kitchen and there's a yoga mat set up and they're like, yeah, I got to go. I'm out of here. 
sorry. A little strange, Tim. Oh, really? In the kitchen? Well, this is the only open space I have. You got a little deck, I thought, outside. Yeah, like you said, I'm not doing that in front of people. Oh, that'd be that'd be too much. You're just gonna do yoga by go to core power or uh, what's the yoga? Yen yoga. Yeah, I mean, I wanted I wanted to practice a little before I do something in front of people. You could you could meet girls at yoga. Is this is this the end game? Is that what you're trying to get at? No, I'm just like I said, I'm doing it by myself. I'm not very flexible though. So it's also I played I took tennis lessons yesterday. My, what? Uh, so I have a, a doctor friend in town who's taking me in the last two weeks. He's taken me to dinner at the country club with his family and took me to tennis lessons last week. And again, this week, private lessons for like two hours. What? I know, right? I never played before, except like high school gym class. It was fun. Is he, is he the doctor for your shoulder? No, no, just a friend of mine from uh, church. Weird. He's, his family gets lessons, private lessons, like every single day this summer. You live a very strange life, Tim, that I don't know about. And frankly, yeah. it, makes me, it makes me nervous. It makes me a little nervous. But anyways, I'm glad you had a good weekend. Very good. It was definitely an interesting weekend for hockey. Holy moly. Wow. So the last time we talked to you guys, I predicted a bunch of game fives. It's going to be exciting. The one thing we did predict was all the teams that got eliminated, we predicted they would get eliminated. It just happened a lot sooner than we thought it would because, man, if you're looking at the, the matchups for this round, some heavy hitters are not there. The, the first seeds of the play-in rounds are gone. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Pittsburgh and Edmonton. And, okay, let's just go over. Let's, can we please start with the Leafs? I thought you'd never ask. This, this roller coaster of a team who should have their own reality show if they don't already, it's just amazing. To be a fly on that wall, would, but I, would, I would pay good money for that. And you know what the sad thing is? I bet you they're not even that upset. That's the thing. I bet you they lost that game, went in the locker room, and just kind of went, oh, man, darn it. Oh, okay. <laughs> See you, fellas. And that was it. Like There was no like real emotion. That's just how I picture it. I just don't see those guys too invested in winning. All right. What was your take on game four? Because I texted you when it was 3 nothing, and I was like, this thing is over. What, a, what an embarrassment for Toronto. And then they pull a Patrick Waugh. They pull the goalie. They score three unanswered goals at six on five. Then they get a joke of a power play and win in overtime. Like, talk about momentum shifting game that should affect game five. But what, I don't know, what, what did you think about that game in a whole, game four, and then, then going into game five? Well, you know, I, I, I thought maybe like some other people, the Leafs were actually going to make a push this year, make a run, and at least win a couple of series. And, and if they do that, they go on a run. You're going to look back on game four and the play-in game, realize, okay, this is when the team turned it on. Something special started to happen. Because not any team can come back like that, especially in that situation, to extend their season, basically, with, what, three, three even-strength goals in six minutes and then went in overtime. Um, not even-strength, six on five. Well, yes, yes, but not, not on the power play, though. No. Um, and then winning on a power play. So, yeah – it kind of seemed like it was a little glimmer of hope, like this team had a little moxie and toughness, and uh, and maybe it's they had all the momentum going into Game Five, but it's just this team just does not have it. This core it does not have it. Yeah, if if you were to read the headlines, you would have just assumed that Columbus. Why even bother showing up for Game Five? Toronto had found its game, they had found its confidence. 
They have solved the John Tortorella puzzle, and Game 5 was just going to be a carryover of the last four minutes of Game 4. And Game 5 was just like every other game. Columbus got the first goal. They clogged up the neutral zone. They made it hard for Toronto to kind of enter the zone. And Toronto couldn't generate any offense. I think the chances were 11-9 to for Toronto. Columbus had pretty good chances. You know, they they frustrated the Leafs and they won. They won a good old-fashioned hockey game three to nothing because Toronto made one mistake, made it two nothing, and then they scored an empty netter this time when they didn't do it in the in the game four. So it's uh it's really telling. Like as a Leafs fan, not that you are, you have not won a playoff series since 2004. It's crazy. You have made the, you have made the playoffs a lot since 2004 and you have had I don't know if this was the fourth or the fifth consecutive first round exit do you need to reset and reevaluate your team right now because something isn't working this little potion this mixture that Brennan Shanahan has put together it isn't translating into playoff success and it's not just an aberration like oh you know what Boston was a good team you know they were just more experienced and we couldn't keep up and you know we'll get them next year this is a theme and I don't know if you can blow this team up, but it, it's very, very concerning if I'm a Leafs fan and if I'm Leafs management. These guys can't get over that hump. Like, you, I don't know. What what do they have to do, Tim? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about, like, John Tavares. I mean, this is the second year in a row where he's left – he's a superstar who left his team to go play with other superstars. And now the team that he left is doing better than the one he's on. This is twice in a row now. I mean, what what do you think he's doing? Is he kicking himself? Who did he leave? I thought he only left the Islanders. Yeah. But you said this was twice in a row. Oh, uh, two two playoff series in a row. Okay, now I'm Yeah, going. they did it last year, too. Well, gosh, he should be looking in the mirror for the amount of chances he had last night to, to put his team ahead. Like, he's he's missing wide-open nets. It's, so, uh, Mike, I don't know. Yeah, Mike Rupp had a really good tweet uh, last night. He goes, the Blue Jackets' first goal – in game five is how you quote unquote manufacture offense. Mm-hmm. It starts from puck placement and tenacious forecheck. Highly skilled teams in regular season can pot seven in a November game, but if they don't embrace manufacturing offense, they'll be done in the playoffs. Absolutely. Great tweet. For once in a life, his life Mike Rupp makes sense because <laughs> that's how Columbus plays. And they're a very smart team. And I, and I, I don't like how the Toronto media and just people in general, they get on them about their, the way they play the game. But if you watch a game, they forecheck hard, but they're smart about it. If, if they can get you, they get you. If not, they back off and they, you know, they live to play another day. They're not going to overextend themselves and say, every time the puck goes in the zone, we're forechecking, forechecking two guys and we're diving in and we're aggressive, we're aggressive. Rah! No, they play a smart hockey game. And this is Tortorella to a T. If you got a step or are within two, two steps of a defenseman, you're going. But if you don't have a chance of getting that four checker or that D man as a four checker, you back off and, and you just kind of set up a trap and you just let them come to you. And that's how they scored uh, the one goal last night. Nick Felino backed off. He picked a pocket of Riley, went in and scored a goal. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's just a really, really smart way to play the game. But here's where I think Toronto went wrong. To start the game, I was so, I was really, really surprised that they put the top three guys together. I don't understand why you do Marner, why you do Matthews and Tavares. Yes, it's a juggernaut of a line, but it just mess. It just changes everything. 
And if you're going into game five, you kind of just ride the horses that got you there. And I think Keith maybe he kind of outsmarted himself a little bit. He thought, you know what? They did really good in six on five, these three. Let's put them out there, and then I'm going to be a genius. But what that does, it messes up the second line. You force Nylander to go to center, which he's not a good centerman. He's more of a playmaking winger than he is a centerman. You, you kind of overexert him at the center role, and it just messes up every line. The only line that stayed the same was the fourth line. So I just think – he maybe made a mistake there. And then I think it's glaring. They don't have the defenseman. They don't, especially with Muzzin getting hurt. That was a big hit to them. He was such a big, big part of that decor where he just ate up 20 minutes a game and didn't really make any mistakes. And Tyson Berry gets hurt. And I know I rip on Tyson Berry a lot, but he's, he's a big part of that decor. And when you don't have Muzzin and Berry for half a game and you're throwing out Marinson and Hall and Dermott and Riley, like you, you can't do it. Not that you're facing like really high-powered offensive teams in Columbus, but you just can't sustain it. So I just think it was really glaring how good the Columbus Blue Jackets defense was compared to Toronto this series. Even guys like Savard we talked about. Murray came back for game five. He was out in game four. They had Warinsky. They had Jones. Like Columbus has a really, really good defensive team. And Corpusalo, he made some pretty big saves. He did. So the Leafs are gone. They're, at least they don't have to have, you know, a long road trip home. They can just jump in their cars and head home. Maybe grab an Uber. And we'll see you next year. What do you think they need to do from this year to next to make a big change? Or what can they do? Not that we're going to dwell on the Leafs so much. It's just so fascinating that this team that was built to win this year, last year, and next year, they're just – it's just – it's almost like a train wreck where you shouldn't watch, but you're watching it. And the people who are in the train wreck don't seem to know they're in the train wreck. They're just like, everything's fine. We're good. This is part of the plan. We're fine. Guys, this is fine. We'll win it next year. Trust us. This is, this is good for us. Like, what do they need to do? Do you think, do you think Sheldon Keefe is going to be back as head coach next year? I do. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I say like a, a star defenseman, a shutdown type player that they can rely on. Like with Muzzin, like you said, but they need more of that. And I think they probably need... Gosh, there's not much you can do with with the salary caps the way they are, though. And the money that you have in that top line, I think there's like $34 million among those three guys, something like that. Yep. What can you do? You got to jettison one of the big guys. I jettison Tavares. Yeah, he's the That's one. That's what I do. He's getting older. He's getting older. He's, uh, he's a good player. You can still get a lot for him. I think you get you get rid of him, even though he probably is the back backbone in that locker room, and he probably holds a lot of weight with the guys, but... I don't know, but then if you get rid of him, it's like, who do you go to? Who's your go-to guy? Because, no, like, listen, no offense to Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, they don't seem like they have that it factor of a young guy you can kind of lean on to go to in crunch time who, who really loves the game. They just seem like they're really good, and they don't have a lot of character or grit or passion for the game. That's just from an outside perspective, looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs, those guys don't seem too affected when they lose. That's just my, my take on it. So if you get rid of Tavares, what do you do? Like when you look at Connor McDavid, he looks pissed off when he loses. Yeah. You know, he's frustrated. He's mad. He wants to win. When you look at Matthews, he's just like, oh man, going to go groom this mustache now, I guess. See you in Arizona. <laughs> like he doesn't look like he has that same kind of passion that the other guy, like, like a Pasternak. All these guys are the, around the same age and they don't, I don't know, McMatthews and Marner and Nealon, they just look like they just are out there hanging out and they're bros and they're having fun, you know? And when things get tough, they kind of pack up and leave. So I don't know. It starts with the back end, but there's 
there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Like there really is. The pieces are there, but it's, there's a lot of work. And it's funny. We came into this playoff series talking about how teams, young teams specifically, this will be good for them. They needed the kind of a, an adversity to get over the hump. We were talking about Edmonton and Toronto. And it's like, well, you know what? This is the year that they get over that hump. They had the adversity last year, and this will be good for them. Both those teams flame braid out. Out of those two teams, which one do you think has success first, Toronto or Edmonton? Uh, Edmonton. Just because McDavid and Dreinsidel, or I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, both of those teams are disasters, except I, I think Toronto's really funny, and I feel really badly for Edmonton. But they're, yeah, they're, they're isn't that similar. funny? You yeah. do feel bad for Edmonton. Toronto, it's just like, yeah. When they lost, I was like, good. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. But would anyways. You, would you would you trade Tavares for like go get like a couple of just the I don't want to say non-scoring guys, but grinder wingers or people that were gonna throw themselves in front of, in front of pucks and, and forecheck, like go get a couple of Brendan Gallagher types or uh Felino or those oh, types absolutely. of players. Absolutely. I, yeah. I would trade a Tavares for a Gallagher and a Shea Weber. Yeah. Without a, without a doubt. I don't think oh Montreal gosh, does yeah. that trade, but I would do that. Would you tra- go get Drew Doughty? Go get a Brent Burns. They're in, they're in cap struggle. Go trade for a defenseman. Try, try to mix it up. You, you have this contract. That's, uh, you have it for a long time. Go get a different contract. This recipe doesn't work. It has not worked for a couple years now. It's not going to work in the future. Take that big contract. Go get a big contract. See what Brent, Brent Burns does in that room. See what Drew Doughty does in that room. See if he can switch it up a little bit. It, you never know. All it takes is a couple couple moves. And then, yeah, get some third, fourth line guys to maybe stir it up a little bit. Bring some veteran experience. Bring some energy. Because you look at a guy like Boone Jenner for Columbus, he does so much for that team. He's in the forecheck. He hurts Tyson Berry. He scores a goal last game. He's, he's forechecking on the first goal to cause that first goal. Toronto doesn't have any of those guys. They went on and got Kyle Clifford. He was a ghost. He's he's a step behind the game. It's just they need something. And you need to make a big move and to give you that flexibility to kind of get what you need. So I don't know. It'll be interesting because they cannot keep throwing out the same. What's the definition of insanity? Expecting a different outcome? It's yep. not going to happen. So anyways, talk about disasters. Bo- Boston. The Boston Bruins ended play. Was that a good Boston accent, Tim? No. Boston, Boston. Uh, the, yes. Uh, the Bruins. The Garden. <laughs> they were the best The best team. The best team in the NHL when you, we went into lockdown. Now what happened? What happened to your team, Tim? Probably it's too much pasta. I don't know. I mean, first of all, speaking of the being – pasta at the harbor. Too much pasta at the hub. All right, sorry, go ahead. Lobster. Lobster. Uh, I'm allergic to lobster. Uh, speaking of Makes being my tummy hurt. Lobster. Jar. I gotta have an EpiPen when I eat lobster. Or I might die. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> you crack yourself up, John? I do. When uh, I eat lobster at the harbor. <laughs> I need an EpiPen or I die. And then you'll bury me in Southie with Ben Affleck and Gronk. All right, go ahead, Tim. <laughs> Chara, Chara. Chara's uh, eating lobster at the harbor. All right, go ahead. <laughs> you wait, keep wait saying that, and then you keep right. cutting me off. Chara was a step behind. And I, I didn't watch the game, uh, game 
three yesterday, but all that I saw online was just he is really looking old. I think his time has come. I think he'd still be an important piece for for this run, but I gotta imagine this is it for the big guy. Um, I don't have an excuse. I think I think they just weren't ready when they when they came back from break. The other teams were ready to play, and they weren't. I mean, DeBrusque wasn't doing anything. Krejci wasn't doing anything. The top line wasn't doing much. I think they scored three goals in nine periods, uh, maybe four. So yeah, so really ugly look for these guys. Um, no excuses. And then because of that. They're going to play a really hot and young and talented team in Carolina in the first round. It's going to be a tough matchup for them. Who if they had even, sorry, no. The, well, Carolina does have a chip on their shoulder from last year when Boston swept them. So, anyways, what are you saying if they even well, what? They do. If, if they had even won yesterday's game against Washington, they would have gotten uh, the Islanders instead. Which, which is, is a better matchup better, for them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so even though they swept Carolina last year. I don't think anyone in Boston is expecting that to happen again. This is a, a much more experienced Carolina team. They're super confident. They're they're firing in all cylinders right now. They just won that series against the Rangers three nothing. Three was it three nothing? So yeah, yeah they uh, this is going to be a tough matchup, and the Bruins need to wake up quickly. Even getting behind one goal, one game in this uh, is not going to be good. So game one is going to be super important for the series. What did you think of the top seeds there around Robin? Did you like that? Honestly, I feel like I didn't even really understand it uh, going into this. I'm like, what is these games don't matter or do they? Uh, I, d- I didn't love it, love it. And not just because of the outcome, but because when you watch the teams in the play-in games and then you watch these games, it's almost like an exhibition. And, and all four of these teams are, are, have, are experienced enough and been around long enough to know that no matter who they play, they'll know how to attack a playoff series. So... Like even even Boston, they say they're not worried, and they're not. Like losing three nothing and playing Carolina is not like does not put them in panic mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think it had a ton of implication other than just seeding the matchups, um, and it wasn't as good of a product as what we were watching in the other games. Well, no, there wasn't the life or death. I think um, Tuca said, "Yeah, the, those games didn't mean anything. You have to beat every team in order to win the cup. So now the real games start. So I do think they will be able to turn it on, hopefully, because. A good Bruins team is good for hockey, and I, and I I enjoy when they are playing at their peak level because they're fun to watch. They're a really well coached, well disciplined, hardworking team, and they're they're a good team to watch. But like you said, these Hurricanes, they're a pesky group of young kids, and they got a taste of success now, and they're good. All their little trade deadline acquisitions, Pesci is obviously gone, but everyone else is in. They're a good team. They're really good. They're a good team. So if I was Bruins, I wouldn't sleep on them. And I would probably, I'd be doing a little bag skating right now to kind of wake up. And I don't know, Char needs to, listen, you you don't expect much from Char. He's going to play on the penalty kill. He's going to get you 14 minutes. Like that's where he is at this stage of his career. He's not the anchor of that decor. It's Tori Krug. He's the guy who's going to drive the ship. So that'll be an interesting series. But if I'm the Bruins, I'm like, man, we played so good for 68, 70 games. And now we're the fourth seed going into the playoffs. So, so come on, like the Flyers get the number one seed and they just squeaked into the fourth seed of that uh, round robin. They beat Pittsburgh out by like a percentage point and Pittsburgh's out and the Flyers are the number one seed. It's crazy. It's absolute craziness. But when I look at these first round matchups, the thing that stands out is there's no, like other than the four teams that made it in from the round robin, the other four, there's no big names. You know what I mean? The Oilers are gone. The Penguins are gone. 
The Leafs are gone. There's a lot of teams that carry a lot of weight in this league that got booted out super early. So the matchups aren't crazy sexy, but it'll make for interesting hockey, you know? So it, it'll, I don't know. It, I like this new, this new way, this 24 team, where a team like Montreal can come in as a 24th seed who has no business being in the playoffs, and they upset Pittsburgh. Now they could win the Cup. A team like the Hawks, who was a 23rd seed, has no business being in there, and they beat the Oilers. Now here we go. They're playing Vegas, who they match up pretty well against. So it's just, uh, oh, Robin Lehner. How interesting is that? If he it is. It shot. is. Uh, but is he going to get the start, though, over Fleury? No, I don't think so. But it wouldn't be far-fetched to see him. Chicago was such an offensive juggernaut. If they score five one game, you throw Lehner in. Yeah. I bet you he sees time. Both of those goalies will see time this this series. That's my prediction. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. Whoa, I get excited for football. Even though this is a hockey podcast, I get excited. With the NFL Sunday Ticket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. I might do that. That's a good deal. I love me some football, Tim. So visit NFLSundayTicket.tv. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Have you ever heard of BealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, someone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code JohnScott20 or DealDash.fm JohnScott20. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M forward slash JohnScott20. Okay, so after the first round, who's the cons my favorite right now? Uh, um, Dubois, that's mine. Dubois, I'll I'll take him. Yeah, I was thinking even Corpusalo. Um, well, it's funny McDavid had nine nine points, led the, led the whole playoffs in points, but of course he he's had not nine there. points. Excuse me, McDavid. Oh, he did. Oh, poor. Man. Well, <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Connor. But yeah, it, Nugent Hopkins at eight, Drysaddle at six. Man, and then it'll, I was actually looking at their their acquisitions at the trade deadline. They didn't get anything. Mike Green didn't play. Tyler Ennis got hurt, and Athanasio. I don't even think he played. 
I think he got COVID and just left because I didn't notice him on the ice at all. Their big three kind of acquisitions that were going to help supplement the big two, Dreinsidel and McDavid, they just did absolutely nothing. It's just, man, did they just really blow it. James Neal, remember him? He had the big start to the season. He's going to be great. This is awesome. What a revelation. We got James Neal. What a trade for Lucic. He did jack squat in the playoffs. Luch was on fuego. Look at that trade now. Calgary's probably just loving life. But anyways, early Conn Smythe prediction, Tim. You could even pick a player who was in the top four who didn't really get games in. Who do you think? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with, with Taze. Johnny T. He had some big goals, led his team through an upset. And it's not just that, I mean, he's got um, seven points. So he's up there among the, the playoff leaders so far in points. Uh, and he's second in goals. So, yeah, but they were big goals, too. I mean, especially yes. in game one against Edmonton. I think he had two there. I'm going to go with Johnny T. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dubois. I think he's a really good player. I got to watch him a, a lot during this first little five-round series. And, man, is he exciting. Electric. Even in Tortorella's system, he manages to get the puck. He moves well with it. He's fast. He He's a great disher, too. He distributes the puck really, really well, and he also scores. Obviously, we saw that. So, I don't even know if Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yep. Yep. Right. I, I think he's got the front runner all over me now. But anyways, okay. So now that we've got through this first eight teams out the door, now we need to focus the draft. That's tomorrow for the first pick? Or is it tonight? It's tonight, I think. It's tonight, Monday. Who do you think gets that pick? There's a lot of undeserving teams that could get this first overall pick. Which team needs to get this first pick in order to kind of change the culture? And which team doesn't? Who do you? Who's your prediction out of the eight teams? Okay. Well, I don't want it to be one of those big three, right? I don't want the Leafs, Penguins, or Oilers to get it. Okay. Why is think, that? I just think that's lame. I think it's. I, I think that's kind of a, a broken system if those teams get it. Um. And it's so eight teams. They each have a twelve point five percent. There's there's no like skewing of, of percentage or anything like that. And I think it would be boring if like the Wild get them um, or okay, the Predators. So the teams the teams that could get them are Pittsburgh, Toronto, the Florida Panthers, the New York Rangers, the Edmonton Oilers, the Nashville Predators. Who did the Flames beat? The Winnipeg Jets and the yep. Minnesota Wild. Who do you think – who would be the best – where's the best landing spot for Lafreniere? Uh, I mean, best for best for who? Just best for him. Where do you think he wants oh. to go? And then which team is most deserving? We'll do two. Where does he want to go? He wants to go to Edmonton. He wants to go to Edmonton. Okay, play with those studs. Now, which team needs him the most? The Wild, probably. Uh, okay, interesting. I think Pittsburgh needs him. I think that would be a good spot for him and the team. I think – their superstars are on the back nine of their career. They're, they're kind of wrapping things up. That would revamp their team, and he would just soak up all of that goodness that Crosby spews out. Because Crosby's got, let's be honest, two, three more years maybe of elite play. He's already started to slip a little bit. So I think that would just kind of energize that franchise even more. It would be like the passing the, the, the baton to Lemieux to Cros- or Yager, Yager to Crosby, Crosby, Lafreniere. I'm going to butcher that kid's names for years. For years, I'm just going to butcher it. <laughs> but anyways, it's so interesting that one of these teams could get it. It's so, so. What a consolation prize for having a stinker. If Toronto gets it, they're going to see, 
we're fine. We got another high-powered forward to add to the stable of forwards. We still don't know how to play play defense, but yeah, look at all the goals we can score in the regular season. They only scored five, five, five-on-five five goals in this playoff series. Five. That's so glaring. If I'm the GM and the president and the coach, and I have all these high-powered players that I pay millions and millions and millions of dollars, and you can't generate offense at five-on-five five in the playoffs, I'm upset. I'm scratching my head. I'm like, are we playing this game wrong? I don't want to keep going back to them. I'm sorry. Okay, so let's let's talk about the games that are going to be played tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then we'll do predictions, okay? So let's start with the games tomorrow. Lightning, Blue Jackets, a rematch of last year's first-round matchup between one and eight where the Blue Jackets swept them four straight. Pretty much the same cast other than the Blue Jackets got decimated this year and lost half their team. It's the same Lightning team. The Blue Jackets have reloaded. They lost Panarin. They lost their starting Bobrovsky. They lost a couple other guys, but they're still the same Blue Jackets. They play the same way. They're almost like the New England Patriots without the, the trophies where they just play the same way. They, they're they successful. Who do you have? The number two versus the number seven team, Lightning Blue Jackets, and why, Tim? Uh, man, this is a tough one. And let me interject. Sorry, I know I talk a lot. Stamkos and Hedman are game time. They might not be playing because of injuries. Yeah, Hedman was so frustrated. I think he might have a, a, a sprained ankle or, or like a high a high ankle sprain or something. He was, he was slamming his stick on the way down. He knew he was, he was hurt pretty good. The high ankle sprain, I've had them. They are painful, and you cannot play on them. It, dep- it depends on what grade it is, but, man, those things, they'll knock you out for a month and a half real fast. Yeah. Um, gosh. I guess, so that, that's a big factor there. But I got to think that, that Tampa's going to take this. I don't think they're going to make the mistakes of last year. I think they're going to take this team seriously, which I think they didn't last year. I think the, the Jackets caught them by surprise. So I got to think they're, they're going to be prepared. And as long as Hedman and Stamkos can play, then they, they win maybe five or six. Okay. I am going to take the Blue Jackets. I feel like they are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs again. Yeah. It's a, it's a very similar type of team. Maybe less offensive than Toronto is. Maybe more disciplined and have a better team attack. But I just feel like they know how to play and they match up very well with Tampa Bay. They're going to frustrate them. They're going to clog up the neutral zone. They're going to win the defensive battles. And they're just going to win again. I feel like Columbus is it's just, yeah, round two, Toronto point two. So that, that's my pick, the Columbus Blue Jackets. we got to go over the results from the first round. Maybe we'll do that next show. All right, the next matchup, the Lobster Charas. The Bruins versus the Hurricanes. Who you got? I got to pick the Bruins here. Okay, just because they're your team or you just... No, I mean, yeah, they went 0-3 during this round-robin tournament, but they, they came out rusty. They came out slow. That's on them. Um, but again, they did sweep this team last year. Both teams are pretty much the same. Yeah, Carolina's got a little more experience and confidence than they did last year, but I got to think that there's no way the Bruins are going to let this team beat them and lose in the first round, so... I think they turn it on. I think maybe they lose game one, but I think they win in, in six or seven. Man, I just – I feel like this is a year of the upsets. I really do. We saw it in the playing round, and then I think we're going to see it in this first round of the actual official Stanley Cup playoffs because I just feel like the Hurricanes are the better team, and the layoff helped them. And I feel like the Bruins had such a good thing going in the regular season, and this layoff really, really hurt. I don't think like they're prepared. They might get their act together in game three and four, but I could be completely wrong. They could just be playing possum 
and they're just going to turn it on. They have that ability. But I'm going to take the Hurricanes. I think, like you talked about, they have a very, very good group of forwards who are excited, exciting to watch, but they also have a really good defensive system. Brindamore gets these guys to buy in. They have really good defensemen, better than Boston. So I, I'm going to pay, take the Hurricanes. I think they really, really surprised a lot of people with how well they just handled the Rangers. Like, they worked them. It wasn't even close. How many right, games? Okay. How many games? Oh, I, I would say six or seven on that one. Yeah. Yeah, six or seven. That'll be a good series to watch. The Vegas Golden Knights versus the Chicago Blackhawks. This is another fun one. I mean, the the, the Knights looked really, really good in, in the round-robin tournament. But obviously, the Blackhawks just knocked out the Oilers. I think they match really well against the Knights. I, I I'm I'm going to still take the Knights here. I, I just think there's they have too much talent and too much experience. I think the Blackhawks' little fantasy run is going to be over here. Um, what do you think, man? I, I'm not do. I promise you, I'm not doing this on purpose. I feel like Vegas is the best team in the West. So it's them and the Avalanche. But like I said, this is a strange year. It's a very strange year. I think the Hawks got a lot of confidence beating the Oilers. They played the game the right way. They they were better on defense. You know, not great. Man, Vegas is so well coached. They got DeBoer in there. They've been playing well since they got him. It's Pacioretty's just, back too. I hate Pacioretty. I don't care about him. Um, my heart wants to pick the Hawks, but my mind's like Vegas is a better team. And I was thinking that with the Oilers as well. I just think... If Kublik steps up for the Hawks, Dabrinka needs to have a series. He didn't really play that great versus the Oilers. He was kind of, you know, non-existent. <sighs> I'm going to take the Hawks. I really, I really think they. Uh, that's that's my wild card. I, I don't like this pick, but I just think, I just think they got some go- something going. Okay, the Stars and the Flames. Who do you got? Um, I don't really care. This is a boring series for me, but. No, I'm, I'm gonna, here. I'm Tim. Uh, I'm going to say the Flames. You got the Flames. I'm going to take – I'm just going to go the opposite of you. I like the Stars. I, I like Joey P. I hate the Flames. I, I don't yeah. know. I just don't like them. I don't think they have the goaltending. The Stars have a good defensive system. They got a good goaltender in Bishop. Even Kudobin, whoever they start, they're good goalies. Yeah. I'm going to take Bishop's the Stars. So good. Yeah. So anyway, we've literally gone back. We have not picked the same team. And this is not by design. So it's funny. All right, let's talk I about like the teams, it. the teams, the games that we have not that not that aren't playing tomorrow. The Flyers Canadians. Who do you got? Quick. Flyers. All right, I'll take the Flyers too. They looked really good. Oh, they're so good. I think they and then before remember this before the playoffs, you're like, which team out of the East could compete with the Bruins? I was like, the Flyers. Everyone's sleeping on them. They're really good. Go back and listen to the show, Tim. Listen to it. <laughs> All right, the Capitals, Islanders. Barry Trotz versus his former team. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say Caps here. I don't see an upset happening. I agree. Caps, I think, are too strong. They're very, very well coached. They're disciplined. I say that about teams, but they really are. They got a lot of silent. Ilya Kovalchuk, I'm telling you, he might be the the breakout star of this playoffs. Avalanche, Coyotes. This is like a tap-in. Yeah, although uh, I don't think anyone saw the the Coyotes coming the way they did in round one. But, I, yeah, I don't think there's any way that the Avalanche have much trouble putting them down. I agree. And then the West is Blues-Canucks. Too much. Yeah, the Blues for sure. All right, so we differed on the first four, and then these last four we are in unison. We are in step. We agree the Blues are too much. 
even though they struggled in the play-in round. But listen, no one's going to pick the Canucks over the Blues. I think their acquisition of Marco Scandella at the deadline will be a good pick for them. He's a good player. You just watched him. Not that these games will be televised because no one's going to watch Blues versus Canucks when they're in the bubble and they're starting at 10.30 at night. But anyways, Tim, very exciting. Anything else you'd like to say to the to the fans? Can no, we talk about why, why you never wear sleeves anymore? Dude, it's hot in my apartment. I don't have central air. You got to get a fan or something, man. Yeah, but even still, it would still be hot. I almost threw a sweater on this morning. I came downstairs like, oh, it's chilly down here. Uh, nice. Cold. Walked in my wine cellar. I was like, man, it's even colder in here. How's the house coming? It's coming. Windows are going in. I almost got a couple in. Well, I did get a couple in the other day, but then I took one off and it wasn't framed in. I was like, what is going on with these windows? So I had to like learn how to frame in a window. So I was out there framing up a window. Then it started the thunderstorm. So I had to cover it up and yeah, I head out there today to finish it up. Nice. It's tough. It's tough work getting some sweat equity in that property. Anyways, Tim, I know you enjoy these talks, but I got to go. I'm sure I got three kids rolling around upstairs and yeah. no one's advising them. I miss you. Yeah, <laughs> you too. We'll do something soon. I do read the comments. They're like, you guys got to tone down the man, the man romance, the bromance. Yeah. I don't know what they mean between us or towards some players in the league. I chirp every player in the league. So it must be between us. Yeah, but I use I use uh, Man Rocket a lot. Not as much as you should. You've never called me a Man Rocket. I don't. You don't call people Man Rockets to their face. You say that about them. So you don't know what I say about you to other people. I might be calling you a Man Rocket. I actually do know what you said about me before in the blog post, which my wife brought up the other day that we need to read soon. Uh, that'll be a good, good off-season thing. Yeah, because I feel like that'll change our friendship forever. Has she seen Tim, it or have you seen it? Oh, no, no one's seen it. For those of you who don't know or are new to the show, Tim wrote a scathing blog blog post about me years ago when he didn't know me. And he was a idiotic Bruins fan who just always thinks about himself like a Jack Edwards clone. And he wrote this blog post and he just ripped me a new one. Yeah, because of what you did to Louis Erickson. Hit him in the head. After I dummied Louis Erickson at a clean open ice check and then I beat the door. you got off, suspended shot. for I just beat the doors off of Sean Thornton and ruined his career. <laughs> yeah, he did. And I challenged everybody else in the Bruins lineup, and they cowered like little cowards that they are. And Tim wrote a blog post. I'm pretending to type like I'm Tim. You probably Disgrace to the league. I use some skating words, John. Disgrace to the league. Speaking of that, have you reached out to Milbury? You haven't told me what to say. Say, Mike, it's John Scott, your favorite player. Just tweet him. Open tweet him. I don't know. How that works. Whoa. What? Bob McKenzie just tweeted out that he's retiring. Really? Breaking news. Bob McKenzie. That would be huge. I, I mean, he's, got, he's posted a long note. I don't know if he's retiring or if he's – there's no way he's being let go or downsized. No, he is the face of the NHL and TSN. He's like the hockey insider. Yeah, he's turned 64 in a couple of days and starting a new chapter of his life. Interesting. Just tweeted it out three minutes ago. I had a funny story. I was um, working with TSN for one free agent frenzy. The one right after I retired. So it must have been 2017 or 2016. I went to Toronto and I did the whole thing with TSN. Afterwards, I went out with Frank Cervelli and Bob McKenzie and another one of those guys, and we went and grabbed a glass of wine. We went to Bob's house. He kind of just took me around. It was really, really nice. He's a really cool guy. So 
if he is retiring, good for him because he's one of the guys in the league who the players trust, you know. He's just a good dude. So maybe we can slip into his void, take up some of his energy because, man, what a – he is like – who are the big insiders? It's Mark Scheffler, Sheffley for football. It's Wojanowski for basketball. Oh, it's, uh, Adam, Adam Schefter. I just said Mark Scheifele from the Jets. Oh, yeah. Man. Adam Schefter, it's Woj, yeah. Um, Buster Bob, Olney for baseball. Bob McKenzie, yeah, Jeff Passan. There's a couple of baseball guys. There's not one guy like there is for Bob or Adam. Like it's Bob McKenzie. I think Frank Cervelli will kind of fill in his his shoes because Frank – and I have a good relationship with Frank too, so maybe we can leverage that and get some inside information. But anyways, good for Bob if he does retire. He did a great job. Bad, bad for hockey, good for Bob. I don't know. Breaking news, though, Tim. we got to release this now. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you're doing well, staying safe. And if you're ever in Traverse City, just look for Tim doing yoga on his deck and stay away. (laughs) Stay more than six feet away from him because who knows what he's got going on in his head up there. Anything, Tim? No, no. Um... Bye, everybody. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ori. See what they have to say on what it'll be li- on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves. For episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways, check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.